Hi, welcome to the Blended Science Podcast. I'm Dr. Nkazi. Thank you so much for stopping by. In today's episode, we're interested in exploring a career in podiatry with a podiatrist, Londwe Kanyele. We're also going to talk about the importance of taking care of our feet so that they can serve us well in the long run. Londi, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Dr. Ngazi. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes, it's definitely a pleasure. Um, definitely a pleasure and actually an honor. I know you are a relatively young person, but you are well accomplished uh, for your age. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> so, Londi, can you tell us a little bit about your background, you know, who you are, where you come from, and what inspired you to uh, pursue podiatry? <clears throat> okay. So, my name is Londi Wesinelazikanyile. Um, I live in Pangeni, I'm from Mpangeni, and I studied at the University of Johannesburg, and yeah, I'm a podiatrist, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you enlighten us, um, I think you're the only podiatrist I know, um, can you enlighten us what podiatry is? Okay, so podiatry, podiatry is the treatment of the lower limb and the feet, so we provide treatment, um, in various aspects, um, through debridement, through um, advice, through prescribing um, inner soles and orthotics for patients um, to actually support their feet or maybe um, support the, the their balance um, when they're walking. So mm. we normally do with that in terms of podiatry. Mm-hmm. So what actually inspired you to, to pursue um, this interesting career? Okay. Um, oh, what inspired me? Well, it's a unique cause, and I've always wanted to work in the healthcare sector from a very young age. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, I just applied for it because it's also part of health sciences, and there's there was no really um, much of love for it in the beginning because it deals with feet, and I didn't know as yet what it was when I was applying. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to do a bit of research, and then I found out that it's actually treatments. We treat mm. people's um, treat people's pain. We treat people's uh, problems and conditions. So for me, that was very interesting and it was very unique because it's something that you never really um, see around. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a very interesting um, career path. Um, actually, looking at the fact that um, you know what the higher education is going through at the moment. You know, the the institutions that are funding students are interested in in people who are pursuing careers that are going to make a difference where they can actually, you know, uh, get jobs or create jobs. So I think podiatry is such a, a very good career. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So Londi, you know, these days we are always looking mm. into into the future. We are always concerned about what we can do for our well-being. For example, one of the questions that I'd want to find out from you is that um, what are the things that people can do to make sure that their feet serve them well in the long run? Mm. Okay. Um, what people can do is just to take care of their feet. Um, just simple hygiene, like washing your feet every day, mm. making sure that you dry um, the areas in between your toes and you don't moisturize it inside because it can lead to um, it's a digital maceration because it can be discolored and be moist and lead to fungal infections. Um, also, washing your socks on a daily, making sure that your shoes are clean, um, 
moisturizing your feet. Most people don't moisturize their feet at all. And you'd be surprised how cracked heels form. And it can also lead to extreme pain um, in the long run. Mm. So... That those are just a few things that people can do to take to take care of their feet and buying shoes. Um, when buying shoes, I really recommend people buying shoes that are very comfortable. Their size, they, have, they must buy their shoe size. Make mm-hmm. sure that the um, the sole of the foot is very is very much cushioned and it's not hard. As much as a shoe may look good, but you should also consider your health because you'll enjoy wearing the shoe now, but in future it will create problems for you. Sure, sure, sure. No, that sounds good. That sounds good. Does it also apply with, you know, with heels? What the advice that have just given us? Oh, with heels. Um, mm. Well, with heels, you must make sure that you do not buy pointy heels. A lot of women <laughs> uh, wear a lot of pointy heels and later develop uh, bunions, which are hard lumps <laughs> on the side of the foot, of the, mm. of the toe, the big toe and the small toe. And it can be very painful when wearing close close shoes in future so i really recommend that um when buying heels make sure that the you don't buy pointy heels but um your toes fit adequately um in your toe box and buy um heels that are cushioned well also um i i advise women to buy uh, different types of heels because when you buy very high heels all the time you can even get muscle tightness on the calf, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I really prefer them to buy block heels and pencil heels or yeah, different types of heels and shoes also. Don't always wear heels so that you can prevent yourself from getting those muscle tightness and yeah, problems in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that's, 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 that's new information for me. Not that I'm interested in heels, but <laughs> I'm sure for women it's going to... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> going to change the way they look at hills. That's very interesting. I was just thinking that you know, yes, yes. I was just thinking that you know, this morning, um, you know, I, you know, I took a shower and everything, and and I, before I stepped out, I was I looked at myself in the mirror, but I didn't actually look at my feet. So <laughs> it's quite interesting that you know you you get mm. to <laughs> with, with such a neglected area <laughs> of the body. Mm. Yeah. Yes, 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 that's true. Yeah, so Londi, um winter is coming and um and a lot of people you know they use water bottles to sort of um, especially women, I know women are generally generally have cold feet. Is using a hot water bottle at night safe in your opinion? Okay. Mm. In my opinion, it's not safe at all because um anything can happen you know um some people suffer from something called peripheral neuropathy which is lack of sensation so mm-hmm. just using the hot water bottle itself can create blisters and wounds for you and sleeping yeah. with it is even worse because anything can happen there might be a tear um in the water bottle and then it could just um the water can run out and then hurt you and burn you and all so mm-hmm. i pre- um i really advise uh, that you do not sleep with hot water bottles it's not safe and also when using it um rather use a barrier maybe have Mm. a towel um separating or in between your skin and the hot water bottle itself than just using it directly towards your skin okay okay that makes sense that makes sense while we are talking about neuropathy now want us to dive into diabetes mellitus i understand that you you deal a lot with patients that are suffering from diabetes mellitus can you just briefly enlighten us about what diabetes is, mm. um, what different types are there, and how they actually 
how diabetes is related to complications such as neuropathy as well as healing yeah i know it's a, it's a very packed question mm, very <laughs> <laughs> Type 1 diabetes is when there's insulin deficiency. So sure. not enough insulin is being produced to actually regulate the blood sugar levels when they are too high. So that's why normally people inject with insulin when they have type 1 diabetes. Mm. And then type 2 diabetes is when there's um, lack of insulin action. So insulin is not performing its action. It's being produced, but it's not performing its action. So mm. normally their patients... Um, um, drink oral medication to regulate the blood sugar levels. But when the when it becomes too severe and the insulin levels are too high, they might also need an insulin shot. As mm. the there are many more problems that will be there. Yeah. Mm. So um, complications with diabetes. Um, complications. I mean, with peripheral neuropathy and wound healing um, occur when the insulin, when blood sugar levels are very high and um, it causes problems with blood circulation. So nerves need nutrients and oxygen to actually perform its action. So does wounds. So wounds um, also need nutrients that are good enough for the wound to heal faster. So when the wound, the wound doesn't heal faster, um, it gets delayed and also leads to things like infections and also widening of the wound, the wound getting deeper maybe or wider or just not healing at all. So it really causes a lot of problems when you don't have um, controlled diabetes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what I'm picking up from you is that we need or patient that are patients that are living with diabetes mellitus, they need to control their sugar levels. Otherwise, chronic hyperglycemia or chronic elevated yes. sugars would accelerate the formation of um, or the development of these complications. Yes, 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 that's very true. One of the things that I, you know, by just researching about um, this profession, um, I'm realizing that. Um, it will probably be a lot um, helpful if we could have a way to sort of screen um, patients that are living with diabetes mellitus and see whether are they prone to developing peripheral neuropathy? Has the neuropathy developed? Is there any any protocol that you guys are, are using or that you are developing in that area? Okay. Um, with screening, we normally do um, an annual screening, an annual diabetic foot screening mm. um, for patients. But it also depends on their risk factor because if their condition is worse, then we do a screening after every after six months. Mm. So in our screening, we do a vascular examination where we check the blood flow um, in the feet if it's educated enough. And we also do a neurological examination, checking if the patient has peripheral neuropathy, if there's any um, lack of sensation present. And another test that we do is dermatolo a dermatological exam where we mm -hmm. check for any abnormalities in terms of skin change and um, problems around that area. And also we do a ranges of motion test where we check the joints because with joints, the joints also can be affected and it will cause one to walk in an un easy way so we also need to know such so that we can also help patients not to develop complications at a later stage um, mm. 
a patient can do um, an observation an observation screening at home daily to check if there are any problems or any abnormalities on their feet, even underneath the feet. But some mm-hmm. patients are old, are, are old that they cannot go down and check um, the plantar aspects of their feet. So with those patients, I normally advise that they should use a mirror and so that they can see the reflection of their of the plantar aspects of their foot so that they can actually see if there are any problems and they fix them as soon as possible. They consult for them as soon as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's great advice because these days I'm, I'm realizing that preventative medicine is, is, is gaining a lot more momentum rather than actually just treating the conditions. But obviously once a person has developed a condition, mm. you know, you guys are, are, are there to help the, the patients, which is really nice because you can actually, you know, prevent um, amputations. I think that's, that's something that is very profound. Mm, that's true. That's true. Um, sometimes um, patients would come and consult to us when it's very, it's too late. You know, some patients would develop gangrene, which is the darkening um of, of, of the skin and lack of blood flow um, towards maybe the foot or the limb or a digit. And they'll come to you and it's too late for you to actually reverse um, that from happening. So a person will be due for amputation then. So it's always better for someone to come and consult when they see a minor problem, even if it's too small, just consult or ask about it or just ask for advice, you know, mm. so that you don't go when it's too late and now you need to get amputated. Mm, yes. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, no, that's that's very important. Um, let's say, for example, a person has come on and um and 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 you're realizing, okay, they they've got um neuropathy and they've got this wound healing. I mean, this this poor wound healing. What are some of the treatment plans that you provide? Feel free not to mention them if you feel like. No, this is not good. Uh, it's not good to to provide medical advice over um, the podcast. But if you are if you are comfortable, you can just um, briefly mention what some of the things that you guys do to patients with poor wound healing. So normally, I I I, I normally advise. It depends on I think the neuropathy the patient has, the symptoms they have too. But I normally prescribe medication. Um, mm-hmm such as vitamin B12 uh, or B complex, because those um, those vitamins are very um, helpful in terms of giving nutrients to the, to the nerves. It really helps a lot for patients. And also um, I prescribe paradoxine. I mean, it depends on the patient. You know, the medication I prescribe depends on yeah, the patient's condition. So there's a lot of medications one can prescribe in terms of mm-hmm. that. Um, also. Um, I'll refer to the doctor because there are some prescriptions that we cannot do um, due to some prescription rights. Um, mm. <laughs> so it's still being sorted out. Yeah, yeah. but then the, those are the type of treatments we normally do. We also advise on shoe wear a lot because when patients have neuropathy, it's important for them to wear shoes that provide balance to their feet, mm. like a shoe that a sandal that has um that has what that has a wrap around um not an open sandal where the foot can freely move because there there's um there are higher chances of slipping and falling or slipping and hurting yourself 
mm. you know. So the shoe also has to be very well cushioned. And um, the patient has to make sure that when they are bathing, they fill the water with their hand first and not um, put their foot inside first, things like that that mm. we normally do. And also we uh, for wound treatment, we treat the wound depending on what the problem is at the moment. Mm. So normally that's that's what I'll do. <clears throat> mm, mm, mm. Yes. I know knowledge is indeed power. Um, I'm, I'm learning a lot as well. Um, as just as a, a person who's you know who's not even suffering from diabetes, so I'm also I'm I'm also learning that you know podiatry mm. is is evolving you know and and I think very soon it's gonna get the recognition it deserves and I, I would like to really see more of you guys um um being trained. So where can one actually study podiatry? Um, what are some of the entry requirements to podiatry? Um, podiatry is studied at the University of Johannesburg in the whole of Africa, which is also a unique thing. Um, mm. So that's where one can study podiatry and find it. And the entry points when I was starting were 28 minimum points. Mm. And physics, pure mathematics and life science were mandatory subjects that one need because we also study um, physiology, anatomy and physics and chemistry um, mm. in our first years and going onwards. So those are some of the subjects one needs to do or needs to have um, in terms of study dietary. Mm. Yeah, I like the fact that you said 28 points minimum. Because normally when a selection is done, they usually take the best. Yes. And then chances are they don't even reach uh, 28 points. That's a very good point. Um, so, Londi, it's, it's been a great... So a person point. has to work hard. Mm. 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 And, and the whole thing of pure meds, you know, I, it's, it's, so, it's so depressing to see someone who has finished, I mean, their metric, they've done well. They've met slit and they just realized that they want to do a science degree. Mm, mm. Yeah. So it's been a great conversation. I'm Londi and um, I've, I've learned a lot. I've enjoyed myself. Um, how can people contact you? Um, they can contact me uh, via a phone call or WhatsApp on 071. 798-9448. I also have a Facebook page as Lundiwe Kanyile Podiatrist. And um, I also have an Instagram account, which is Kanyile underscore podiatry. Yeah. So okay. that's where people can find me. Okay, cool. And there's a practice in, in Richards Bay where you are based. Am I correct? Um, it's at Mbangini. Um, I work around those areas. Mbangini, Esikawini, oh, okay. Engwelezane. And my practice is based in Engwelezane, but I also see patients around the surrounding areas. Okay. So you go, you do house to house consultations? No. Um, okay. I see patients um, at medical centers. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Londi. Thank you for taking your time and talking to us on the Blended Science Podcast. And I'm really hoping that this information will reach many people and many people's lives will be changed. Thank you so much um, for the invite. It was really interesting and I enjoyed myself. (laughs) 
yeah 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 we, we thank we thank technology that we can have these these uh, discussions um via zoom now to our listeners we've just had a good conversation with a podiatrist if you know someone who may have poor wound healing with or without diabetes militants please refer them to this podcast our major aim here is to raise awareness therefore information shared on this episode can be purely used for educational purposes for personal diagnosis and treatment please do contact londi directly as she has been very kind to leave her contact details do follow her on her socials as well to keep in touch she may also refer you to a local podiatrist where you live until next time i'm signing out thank you londi bye thank you bye